What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Anthony Hudson, and it's my turn to give you one of the best football podcasts out here, you heard? It is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, man. We made it. We made it to Thanksgiving. We so far into it. Week 12 of this podcast, man. Whenever I say we tell week 12, I mean college football week 12 because that's when we started at. But, man, we made it so far, and we're going to keep going. I'm going to keep grinding, keep being consistent with these podcasts, and keep giving y'all love, man. Keep giving me love, too, supporting, and just keep listening. I'm trying to get better with this every single every single week. I know y'all listened to the last podcast. I, the audio was kind of struggling, but, hey, man, we, we getting up. We getting up. We get in there. Bear with me. We get in there for sure. Let's go ahead and get into the first segment. Oh, also, um, we got a new segment coming up this this episode too. So, um, be be in store for that. Be in store, or we have that in store. So, yeah, be on the lookout for that for sure. But let's get on into the best games of the week. Saturday night football, man. Saturday night football. Got the number five Washington Huskies versus number eleven Oregon State. Um. Man, just absolutely great game. Um, going into it, Penix absolutely having an amazing season. Gonna be, I feel like he's gonna win Heisman for sure. I mean, I feel like it, it be, it's gonna be locked up. Everybody's saying Bo Nix. Uh, I mean, it, we'll, we'll know we'll know next week because Bo Nix plays Oregon State next week, which is actually ironic. But we'll know. I mean, everybody's saying Bo Nix, but Penix, that's my guy, bro. I feel like Penix gonna win it for sure. But Penix. Um, strike first to one of the best wide receivers in the nation, Rome Adunze. Adunze, yeah, Adunze, Adunze, Adunze. Dang, I cannot get that right. But Adunze, Rome Adunze, we're going to get that right. We're going to get that right. Yeah, but that was the first strike of the game. And then Oregon bounced back with ease to a three-yard run to Damian Martinez. Um, in the second quarter... Husky scored twice with a five-yard run with Michael Penix and a 32-yard run to Dunze to put the score 22 to 10. And then Oregon bounced back, man. Oregon um, ended up with getting another short run with Martinez, completely changing changing the momentum of the game. Because in the fourth quarter, uh, DJ Ugale, which is crazy, DJ Ugale, I remember him because he was the number one. Number one recruit from my class in 2020. So, yeah, that's how I definitely know DJ. DJ been a dog for a while now. But, yeah, DJ Ugale, um had a great drive on the next possession but ended up scoring a field goal. And just for the rest of the game, it was just great defensive play. It was just great defensive play by both sides. But when Washington needed to um, – Get the first down to end the game. They threw it to Rome Aduze, and he closed it out, man. Washington still undefeated, 11-0. Still undefeated, 11-0 going into next week. That was the only college game that I got. There was a couple other good college games, but that was the one that stuck out for sure. So we're going to have to go to the NFL. NFL, man, you had the Arizona Cardinals versus the Houston Texans. That was a great game. Colin Murray, he's he's cooking, man. He's cooking, definitely. He had a great game against my Atlanta Falcons last week, and this game, he's he's looking, or, or um, this game against the Houston Texans, he played even better, I feel like. Um, very first possession had a 48-yard beam to Rondell Moore. I mean, just a great pass. Rondell Moore got the separation on the defender, threw a great pass to him in the, like, the back corner of the end zone, and basically 
started out from there just just on fire for real but cj stroud man that man's been on fire for sure cj stroud hit me hit me himself he bounced back with a 20 yard um, touchdown to dalton schultz to make those um score seven to seven even in the first and throughout the whole game man cj stroud just played so poised like he just plays this with such he don't play with aggression he don't play with like um fierceness he just plays so poised like whether it's Nico Collins, whether it's Tank Dell, whether it's Robert Woods or Dalton Schultz, he's going to find the open guy on the plate no matter what. And you need that. I mean, that's just a great trait to have as a quarterback. Forget I mean, of course you need of course you need to make reads and stuff like that. Of course you need to be um have pocket presence and stuff. But Find the open, finding the open guy. I mean, that's, I mean, quarterback one on one, man. Finding the open guy, trusting your receivers, and just leading, leading the ball down the field. That's all they did, all the pretty much the whole entire game. Um, Houston went down to get an 11 yard rush from De- Devin Singletary in the third. I'm pretty sure this is uh, in the second quarter. This all happened in the second quarter, right? Houston got an 11 yard rush from Devin Singletary, an interception from Derek Stingley, and then a 40 yard leaping grab from Tank Dell in the second quarter. Man, Tank Dell. That's another play, player that's just been playing amazing lately. I think I got the stats right here. I just posted it on my story. I'm about to look real quick because these stats are just insane. Hold on. Let me look at it real quick. Tank Dell in the past three weeks, 20 catches for 300, 319 yards, four TDs, and 12 catches gaining 15 yards or more. What? I mean, ooh, I mean, this is rookie season. We only in week, what, 10, 11? I mean, it's it's insane. I mean, that was a draft steal, to be honest. Like I said, it's crazy that he played for Houston. Now he played for Houston in college. Now he played for him in the NFL. That was just a steal, man, 100%. But um, Murray will go on to get a one-yard rush in the third. But, I mean, after a muff punt and two interceptions from – after a month punt and still two interceptions from C.J. Stroud, they still survived. Shout out to Houston defense because the it was looking it was looking pretty bad. I'm be honest with you, it was looking pretty bad because two interceptions straight back to back from C.J. and it, like finally eventually Arizona will catch the momentum. No, they didn't catch the momentum at all. But Houston defense survived. They stuck through it and now they're six and four. Six and four, man. Houston looking amazing. Hemothy, CJ, Hemothy, Hemi, whatever you want to call it. CJ Stroud looking to win MVP. I, I still, I still got a kind of skeptical on that. But hey, uh, let me. Hey, every time we doubt this man, he end up playing great. So hey, let me, let me, let me, let me give him his praise. Maybe he, maybe he will win MVP. Who knows? But on to the next game, Detroit Lions versus Chicago Bears. Justin Fields made his return back to the field. Had an exceptional first drive. Just an exceptional first drive um, to put the Bears up to up 7-0 um, off a one-yard rush from Deontay Foreman. And for at least 48 minutes, the Bears, I mean, offense was handling Detroit's defense pretty good. I mean, Detroit was giving it to them all game. They was sending blitzes all game, literally 
I mean, the Bears' offensive line, uh, they still had their struggles no matter what. They still had their struggles. But Bears was giving – I mean, Lions were giving to them all game, and they were they were doing pretty decent. They were doing pretty decent all game. Uh, getting down the field at least. At least getting down the field for sure. But, um, a Bears field goal with two solid touchdowns by – um, no, a Bears field goal and then Lions scoring twice with Jameer Gibbs and a late touchdown from Amara Say Brown, but the score 14 to 10 going into the half, right? And then the Bears went ballistic. And by ballistic, I mean <laughs> by ballistic, I mean just one touchdown from DJ Moore and three field goals from Carol Santos. Santos played amazing. Santos went ballistic. Let's <laughs> let's clarify that. Santos went ballistic. But, I mean, Justin Fields, like I said, I mean, they were handling the defense pretty good all game. They got at least into field goal position. That's cool. I mean, points on the board, no matter what, is great. And it put them tw- it put them up 24 to 14 with less than four minutes left. And then Jared Goff rose from the dead. Jared Goff rose from the dead after after three picks that game, going into the going into that four minute mark in the fourth quarter. He threw three picks and then decided to just it was just like it was just clockwork after that. It really was. Um, a TD to Jameis Wilson, um, or Jameis Wilson. I call him JMO, or that's what they call him JMO. I'm gonna say JMO from now on. But yeah, a TD to JMO, um, got him, got the lead closer, and then a missed third down conversion from Justin Fields completely shifted the momentum of the game. It was. It, I mean, the, the wide receiver got separation from, from the wide. Um, the wide receiver got separation from the defender. Was pretty much. I mean, I don't feel like he would have scored, but oh man, that would have definitely got him at least into field goal range or cl- close the game out for sure. And J- Justin Fields literally was like two feet away. Not even that. Like literally, like just a foot away from the, the wide receiver coming down with the ball, and the Bears had to punt the ball to the Lions. And like I said, it completely changed the momentum of the game because the Lions, after they, after they got the ball back, they had another great drive, just absolute great drive down the field. Um, ended up scoring but missing the two point conversion. Oh no no, my bad. Sorry, they ended up scoring and getting the two point conversion off a flat route to the. I think the yeah a flat route to the tight end. He was wide open. I I don't know what was going on with the Bears that play. I mean he was just. Just streaking open for real. Um, put the score up to twenty nine to twenty six, and Fields got had one more chance to go down the field and at least get a field goal to tie the game. Right, and the very first play, very first play of their possession, Aiden Hutchinson decides to go beast mode. Made a defensive play, ran through, ran straight through the offensive lineman, knocked the ball out of Justin Fields' hands, and then pushed the offensive lineman for him to kick the ball out, and it resulted into a safety, and that's how the Lions won. Very first play, very. I mean, Justin Fields didn't even have a chance at all. It, it was yeah, it was pretty bad after that. Bears, man, oh. <laughs> Man, it's just it's just uh it's just another sad loss for them. Four minutes. Four minutes. What did I yeah, four minutes. I think it was like three minutes and fifty seconds left on the clock. All that's all they had to do was just hold a twelve point lead and it turned out to be another L for the Bears, man. Dang. It's pretty sad. But the Lions, man, Lions are eight and two. 
If that's correct, let me see. Lions are eight and two now. They were, yeah, Lions are eight and two. Oh man, I I mean, they were great last year. Absolutely great last year. They had a great home stretch last year, and I felt like they should have made the playoffs. But now no one expected this eight and two. I would at least I, I I expected them to at least win ten games. But it looked like they're looked like they could win like thirteen games this year. They're playing amazing ball for real. And then you got the Minnesota Vikings, who's been playing amazing football these past two weeks. Um, they played the Denver Broncos. Sunday night football, prime time. Joshua Dobbs playing, having a insanity moment, playing good against the Falcons, playing a good, um, good last week. I mean, he he's been playing great, but Broncos country. Let ride, Broncos country. <laughs> Let ride, definitely. Broncos, Broncos deserve this win, to be honest, because they they definitely deserve. It. Let's go ahead and get into it. Dobbs. Got the very first touchdown of the game. I'm be honest with you, very very slow game, very slow game. Let's let's start that off. Very slow game. Um, a lot of a lot of turnovers, a lot of defensive um great possession stuff like that. But Dobbs ended up getting the first touchdown um on a board off a scramble. Jo- Dobbs is really good with with scrambling and finding ways to just either run it in and get a touchdown on himself or just find find an open receiver. It's he has he's. He has like I don't know. It's like there's no adversity to him. It's like he he's just moving out there. Like okay, I mean I don't really have that much expectations going into it. So I'm gonna just play me. He's playing free. That's what it is. He's playing free. But he had a three yard pass to Josh Oliver to get the first touchdown of the game. Then after multiple series, right, um, that led to only field goals. Literally, I think that was the only touchdown in the first of uh, the first half. Um, but yeah, going into halftime, it was. 10 to 9. And then Dobbs was scored the only touchdown in the third quarter coming off a 10-yard rush of his own. Like I said, he's just great with maneuvering. He's playing free out there, 100%. Um, Denver in the fourth will kick two more field goals, right? Because it was just that type of game, man. I mean, Denver would get down get down to the red zone and either would get stuffed or I think it was one play where they literally got straight down to the red zone and threw it to I don't I don't think it was sudden but threw it to a wide receiver and he dropped the ball. It was in both of his hands and he dropped it. But I mean, you can't blame Russ on that. You can't really blame nobody on that. That's just that's just unlucky. I mean that's just unfortunate to be honest. But like I said, great defensive play. Great defensive play by Denver held them in this game one hundred percent. Because Dobb has some has some um interceptions, Dobb has some fumbles out there. I think he fumbled on the very first play of the game. Yeah, not very first play of the game. On his very first possession, the very first possession the Lions had, he fumbled, got smacked, fumbled um on the very first possession. So yeah, this great defensive play um held Denver this game 100%. And being down 15 to 20, finally, finally Denver put up a great drive, went down the field, scored the game winning touchdown to Cortland Sutton, even after missing the two point conversion. And like I said, their defense stopped and held Joshua Dobbs at the very end. Broncos won their last four games, won their last four games, five and five now. Shout out to Sean Payton, man. Good, good job, man. Because, woof. Ooh man, from last year Denver had so many 
there's so much backlash. There's so much backlash. Even going to this season when they weren't playing, when they were one and five, just so much backlash. But now, now they're finding their stride and they they making the best of it for sure. Um, best performances of the week. You got um, Rome Adunze. Yes, sir. We we. Adunze, okay, Roman Adunze, he had seven receptions for 100, 106 yards and two TDs. Take Dale, like I just said, been playing, just been playing out his mind lately. Eight receptions for 149 yards and a TD. Along with his teammate, Devin Singletary, he had 22 carries for 112 yards and a TD. And then finally, they're back, man. They're back. The 49ers, they're back 100%. They're not the best team in the league because... You gotta give it to the Eagles. They got the best. They got the best record. But 49ers, they are back definitely. He had 333 yards and three TDs against the Jaguars. Played amazing. 40 or Brock Purdy. Shout out to him for sure. Okay, then let's go into this next segment, the new segment, right? Um, I've been talking about it. I know I talk about facts and um. I know I talk about facts and analytics, and I talk about players and just, you know, football, just nerd stuff, right? Because I'm a football nerd, football geek. But let's go into stories. So I'm going to just name this new segment Story Time until we create a new creative name eventually. But, yeah, um... I got some, it's crazy because shout out to my cousin, your man. He gave me a lot of great stories, a lot of great stories that I could use. Um, so this segment would either be, it would be, um, like I said, story time. So I either talk about um, stories that's happening in college football or in the NFL, FXL, or if I have a guest on, or if I want to, I would bring up a story about either their football experience, whether that's high school, college, Flat, flat football. It could be street football. I don't care. As long as it's football related, as long as it's entertaining, funny, I don't care. So let's go in and get straight into it. First story time segment is Deion Sanders, of course. Why would why would we not talk about Deion Neon Sanders? Okay, so it's kind of a not sad story because it has a it has a better ending, I guess. Because Deion Sanders is just him. He's just a great. Great guy, absolutely great guy. But um, Deion Sanders, a couple weeks ago, when they played UCLA, um, very heartbreaking game. They end up losing that game. I'm pretty sure. Did Shallow get ejected? I'm pretty sure that was a game. Shallow got ejected, but they end up losing that game to UCLA. And when they came back into the locker room, man, it is rep- it was reported that literally all the jewelry that. Colorado has got stolen from that game. I mean, the jewelry that, you know, Shador Sanders be holding up whenever he celebrates, it all got missing. And, um, yeah, at least five Buffalo players were reported to have jewelry and other personal items taken from their locker room during that game. I'm reading this from Bleacher... No, the Sporting News, that's what I'm reading for. Reading this for. And, yeah, man, I mean, imagine just imagine you playing a college football game. It's a very tough game. You lost. You're already mad that you lost, and you come back, and your stuff is stolen. Not stuff, jewelry. Jewelry, out of all things, the most expensive it's the most expensive item that you could steal got stolen. And it turned out that, um, I'm going to find it right real quick. It turns out that it, even though it got stolen, um, they ended up finding the suspects. I think it was four people. I think it was four, like, teenagers. 
Yeah, it was four teenagers. Um, let me see. Yeah, it was like four teenagers around like 17, 18 years old. And the reason why I wanted to tell this story is because the um, comments that Deion Sanders said. So Deion Sanders basically spoke out of it, realized that the um, people or victims that stole the jewelry were young. And he said, let's not crucify them on their actions, basically. He said, let's not... um, Because they're young, they're going to make mistakes. A lot of young people made mistakes too. Shoots, heck, <laughs> we got to edit out. Shoot, I mean, I made mistakes. Like Deion Sanders said, he made mistakes himself at 17 years old, and he don't want them to suffer for the rest of their lives off a little dumb mistake that they made. So, basically, um, yeah. So basically, he didn't drop any charges or nothing like that. They received, yeah, they, they received all of the stolen items. Um, he said he haven't checked with the kids yet. Um, let's see. Yeah. There's more on that story. I don't think, but yeah, they're not going to drop any charges or any cases on them. Because like he said, they're just, they're just young kids that made a mistake. But I'm just glad that they got all the res- jewelry receiving. Um, Deion Sanders decided not to... Um, drop any charges, something like that. I don't think Colorado's going to drop any charges because he said, like they said, they're young. But it's good to see that Deion Sanders understand that they are young. Like, they're people their age are going to make mistakes, and you're not going to hold them accountable. You're, you're going to hold them accountable, of course. You're going to make them do, like, whatever whatever jury duty or, or not jury duty, whatever um, duties that they had to do. I don't know what... what what is it, what am I trying to say? Like like um voluntary services that they had to do, of course, but for them to go to jail, like that's just unnecessary. It really is. It definitely is. But um, yeah, that's that's what we got for story time, man. Um, like I said, I got some more stuff going into it. Hopefully if I get some more people coming on the podcast, I can get some even more like entertaining and more um funny stories going into that. All right, and then the last thing I want to talk about is the best things I saw for the week, right? All right, so number one, is this definitely the best thing. Uh, let me pull it up real quick. My boy Kenneth Grant, he plays for Michigan, number 78. He was ranked the number 10, number 10 on On 3's Heisman Week 13 power rankings, man. Number 10 for Heisman. Heisman, a defensive lineman. Played high, played high school football with him at Maryville. Great guy, um, hardworking, um, down to earth, very humble, but just hardworking and deserve all the praise that he gets. So shout out to my boy Kenneth Grant. If you listen to this, hopefully you listen to this, and um, he deserve all the praise. And then next is Stephen A's top five NFL team list for the week. Week thirteen. Let's let's get that. So week thirteen, right? Okay, so here we go. Number five, Detroit Lions. That 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 makes sense. They're eight and two. They're better record wise as for or they're better record wise as most of the teams on here. But 
they're not touching these next four teams. They're not. Uh, Detroit's great. They're great, but they're not touching these next four teams. Number four, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, like the Kansas City just lost to the Eagles last night, and I mean record-wise, like I said, they're not. They're not up to par to the other teams. But, I mean, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they're going to be you, – you can't ever take the Kansas City Chiefs out the top five, no matter what. It, they're either going to be – next week, next two weeks from now, they might be number one. Like, it's, it's just – it's just how it is. It's just this is just as we. This is just from week thirteen to be honest. Then you got number three Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore been playing great. Lamar Jackson, even though he hasn't been playing the best football, it does not matter. He does exactly what he needs to do for them to win every week. And then number two Forty Niners. They back man. 49ers, they bad. That's the best team in football, in my opinion. But, of course, they're not going to be number one as of right now, Philadelphia Eagles, because the Philadelphia Eagles have the best record. But, man, like I said, Brock Purdy's been playing great, or playing great again after that little hiatus that he had. But he's playing great again. And 49ers, they looking like they're going to be the top dogs in the next couple weeks or so, for sure. Man, that's my, like... That's my bet to that's my bet to win the NFC for sure. And then I already said this. I said this during the summer. Y'all probably don't care, but I said this during the summer. I said Baltimore was going to the Super Bowl, and I'm still sticking with that. I don't care what y'all say. But anyways, that's all I got for this episode, man. I hope y'all enjoyed everything I had to talk about, all the segments and everything. Um I pretty I put a pretty good script in, so I I kept the course on it. Um, and basically just try to give y'all as much co- content as I could today for sure. But thank you for listening. Make sure you follow me on the IMT podcast on Instagram and TikTok. I'll be posting reels this Friday. I'll make sure that I post them for sure. And, um, thank you for listening. May y'all have a great Thanksgiving. Make sure y'all be thankful to y'all, all y'all family, everything and peace.